This is one of my favorite K-pop songs, but I don't exactly know why I love it so much. So I was thinking about this, and I first discovered this song, I wouldn't say fall 2016, junior year, um, and I just fell in love with it. I was thinking about it this morning, and I realized that I classify it with I could classify it with songs I really like to listen to because they have a really um, good drum part that I like really crave sometimes listening to. And I think that's a part of why I like this song. It's just really engaging. I love Hounds of Love, but it's, it's a very serious album. It's very emotionally engaging. And this is just, it's engaging, but it's fun. Welcome to Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I'm Cecily Link, and this week we're going to be talking about the second B-side of the Hounds of Love season. One of the B-sides for the single Cloud Busting, we're just going to be talking about Burning Bridge. songs um we got to talk about there goes a tenor back in the dreaming season i I mean i had you on running up that hill i had you on the first episode of the season and now we're doing a b-side which is pretty cool this is my favorite but this the b-sides are i i would say as great as the tracks that actually made the album so what is it about Burning Bridge that makes it one of your absolute favorite Kate Bush songs? Because I know I've got my connection with this song, and so do you. So what's your connection? I you it's odd because this is one of my favorite Kate Bush songs, but I don't exactly know why I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same? Yes, I do, actually. Like, I was trying to come up with, like, some of my other absolute favorites. I could just go on for hours about why it's an absolute favorite. Yeah. And this one, like, I don't know why. Yeah, I just really, it just blows me away, and I can't quite describe it. <laughs> so, I was thinking about this, and I first discovered this song, I wouldn't say, fall 2016, junior year, and I just fell in love with it. I was thinking about it this morning, and I realized that I classify it with, I could classify it with songs I really like to listen to because they have a really um, good drum part that I like really crave sometimes listening to. That like sensory input, like um, I was like I'm not a U2 fan, but I really like songs like Sunday Bloody Sunday using the drum. 
mm-hmm. part because it's like um it's a song based around the drum part um and it, it's really strong that and um trying to think of other songs that's not my name by the Teen Tings. Um, <laughs> obscure song, but the drum part is 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 it's like this. It's um, and I think that's a part of why I like this song. It's just really engaging, and it's really it's fun, isn't yeah, I know. it? Because I love Tons of Love. But it's it's a very serious album. It's very emotionally engaging, and this is just it's engaging, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first time I heard this song was part of the uh, this woman's work anthology box set that got released in like eighty nine, ninety, something like that, and. I got a hold of the rarities CDs that came at that box set and I had never heard this song before. I mean, I knew of course she had other B-sides and all that, but that was just as I was really starting to dig into more of her music beyond what was on the albums. So I didn't hear this until maybe late college uh, just as I was graduating, which would have been about 2007-ish um, from college. And it just, it is all, I've always loved this song. And I think for me, it, I, I'm with you. It's like the drums. The drums are such a huge part of the song. It feels almost military in a way with that. It's very rhythmic. And, you know, it makes me wonder if maybe part of the song was, composed around the same time as something like running up that hill because it has like a similar similar sort of drum beat to it it's just so defiant and going through the whole song or even cloud busting because this was the wasn't this the b-side to cloud busting yep it was the b-side for cloud busting because um that doesn't have like um the drum part um as the same kind of drum part as running up the hell with a um, dun da da dun da da dun da da da, but it has a strong sense of flow and a sense of militant flow. Mm-hmm. Um, This song just, I mean, it's its a great B-side for cloud busting because cloud busting, you have this really emotionally draining, emotionally involving story is the sense of catharsis. And this is, it's kind of the opposite. I mm-hmm. guess it's about a relationship, but it's not, I mean, it's not like it's about a relationship in the sense of running up that hill. Right. Yeah, running up that hill is like trying to understand each other. This, this one, like I was trying to like, kind of looking at the lyrics earlier, just to see like, okay, what is this really about? Because I listen more to the music and some of the other really cool things that I love in this song, and I feel like it's almost like a more desperate version of passing through air, where it's like you're trying to get somebody to. Uh, 
tell you what's going on and that you're, you're just, you're desperate that you need to be with this person and maybe people don't want you to be together, but you're going to go up against the world anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard, heard passenger in a long time, but I, I see the parallels when I see, um, I've been seeing parallels with songs from the sensual world and the red shoes. Like, um, I, I don't know. This just, um, the composition kind of reminds me of where she's going to go with, um, constellation of the heart. Mm. Um, which I have to say that is my number one favorite Kate Bush song. I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion, but I don't know. Um, but I, I see parallels with the, she does the call and response in this song, but, um, it, it just kind of makes me think that this is leading up to the call and response in that song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Like, I, I never quite thought of it, but you're right. And then on the sensual world, she gets, uh, the trio Bogarka to sing with her and so she's like doing call and response things with them like Rocket's Tail for example this reminds me of Rocket's Tail I can see that and oh my god like the vocals I love one of the things I love about this song and, it, and it's the song like for me it's one of my absolute favorites because it's got some of the things that I love about her music. Like, okay, the wordless background vocals. I'm still not sure. I, I know the melody for it, but it sounds like dee 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 dom 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 dee Who knows? Yeah. I, it's just fun to be like. I love that. Mm -hmm. I don't, um, but even it seems like she's not um, taking some lines as serious as she would in like a, a single. Yeah. Like when she's doing the the male parts, I think like the we've been waiting um, parts, it just seems distorted. And then when she responds, it just seems like. <laughs> She's doing it kind of humorfully. Mm -hmm. And she does have some funny songs around this time. Um, like, this is, this is before Ken, but um, she does um, ha have the ability to make some, put some humor in her music. And she's actually said about the song that she wrote it to be a, uh, as a just a fun, not very deep sort of song, which I found interesting. Um, this is actually from a, uh, an interview that a Kate fan named Doug Allen, who I really want to try and get on the show because I see his name pop up a lot on the Love Hounds mailing yeah. list and all that. Um, when he got to interview her in 1985, uh, she said about this song... 
It was a song that was totally created for a B-side, and I knew that it was going on the other side of cloud-busting. Cloud-busting is not necessarily an up-tempo song, and I feel that flips of records should be something that counterbalances the energy of the other side. So I wanted something that was relatively up-tempo and just a fun song. I don't think the lyrics are by any means profound, but it was something that I felt was fun to do, and it was a very different energy from the A side of the record, which is very true. And she tends to do that with her songs. Like, you have the A side, the, the thing that's going to get played on the radio, and then you turn it over, and you get something completely different, which I really like. I, I know. It's just... It's remarkable. The, um, it just works so well. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have such a serious um, song, such as Cloud Busting, and this is just kind of a, this is a Pelican through. This reminds you that the world isn't as dismal as it can be. That made me think, did she add a serious song as besides the big guy? Not this time. Oh, okay. Um, these big, the, the big sky is, um, it's, that's a fun song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a lot of vocals, a lot of background vocals in the same vein as this song. You can tell that Burning Bridge was recorded around the Hounds of Love time because of those, ba those wordless background vocals. That's such a, became... That was always a part of her music before, and but in this era, you hear more of like, you, like especially like on something like the Big Sky, like "Diddly die, diddly die, diddly da do," <laughs> or who knows what it no, is. doesn't seem like Burning Bridge is about anything profound, mm -mm. but it's still, it bugs me because I feel like it's a, there must be something, but I, it's, I, is it about nothing? Is it just something that she wrote down and thought would be fun to record? That's what it sounds like. It was just, and since she, at this point, um, Kate Bush already had her own studio that she built in her family's house that she could just record whatever she wanted. And she, I know for some of her other B-sides, she knocked them out. She One of them from the Central World era was knocked out in just a couple of hours. And then um, Under the Ivy was recorded in just one afternoon. So she probably just... She kind of had this idea, went, okay, I'm just going to record this and see what happens because, oh, I can do that now in my own wonderful studio. And she went, hey, I need to put out a B-side. Okay, this song's pretty cool. All right, we'll do that one. I can kind of, I can see where she says that it's, the lyrics aren't supposed to be anything kind of profound. But, yeah, just, I, to me, it's about, 
being defiant, I mean, I think of, you know, when you're burning bridges, you're, you're breaking off connections with, uh, with people and you're just being defiant and sticking with someone through hard times, even if the world goes, no, no, you shouldn't be together. But just told in a really interesting way and with like shifting song parts and the rhythmic drums. Pretty much. <laughs> it, it seems that this is more of a creative exercise than like a deep and meaningful song like there is meaning but it seems like this was a creative exercise um to um work on um following songs because i see a lot of parallels and songs that follow this mm -hmm. mainly um mainly rocket's tail definitely but with Rocket's Tale, it seems that it's between two people again instead of um, between a person and the world because of um, the person's love for someone that everyone else doesn't agree with. Mm -hmm. But I might be reading Rain um, Rocket's Tale wrong. I think it is about trying to declare your love for a person even though no one else really has your back mm -hmm. and I can see its influences from the A-sides of this album and one of my main um, ideas is that I know that she never really puts herself in her music and she has this knack for creating characters on a um, in, in the film sense but um, sometimes parts of her aspects of her life um, fall into her songs, and I was wondering if um, if there was anything to do with her relationship with Del Palmer mm -hmm. in this song. Um, Could I be. Forgot to bring up, uh, with um, running up that hill, which obviously, <laughs> but um, that, I, I was I was thinking about that. I very well could be. I mean, there doesn't really seem to be, within the lyrics of this song, there really don't seem to be many characters, really. No. That's why it's, it's hard to really um, sink any ideas into it. Mm -hmm. Because it's so, I mean, it's so vague. Like, brilliantly vague. There's a reason this is one of my favorite songs. Everything, even though it's it's not, it wasn't meant to be serious. It wasn't um, written like other songs um, that we know and love. There's just something really well-crafted about this. She has this power to craft songs like Under the Ivy in the Afternoon. Not not everyone can create such meaningful and impactful um, pieces of culture like that. Like like whenever I, whenever I hear something like like this or Dolly Parton writing 
Um, I believe Dolly Parton wrote Jolene and I'll Always Love You in One Night. Mm-hmm. And those those stories always just blow my mind because it's a hard it's a hard as as an artist myself trying trying to make things the um the artistic process is not always um the easy to go through because frustration um lack of inspiration and and everything and it's just it's it's stories like these that act like beacons of hope for like oh I could eventually be like that. Mhm. I think this song is one of my favorites because it shows that knack she has for just getting sucking herself into her imagination and coming back with something meaningful and not seen before. Mm-hmm. And um, I've cited her music as something very important to me because it was her music that it was instrumental in high school. Like, oh, this person is the person that makes me feel like I can finally be who I am, be strange and own it and not really care about what others think because she is a, she's, she's a quote unquote rock and roll musician without the rock and roll lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I think that this song is just great because it it shows the process well, but it defies expectations, right? I think so. Yeah, and it, it goes to show you just what she can come up with for just the purpose of a B-side, <laughs> that she can still come up with something yeah. that's, that's got a cool, that's got a cool beat and you could dance to it. And that she can she's got her own studio and now she can record as many vocals as she wants and re-record them as many times as she wants because i don't want to know how many tracks of background vocals i did it on dom 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 da how many of those she recorded like i was just listening to it today on repeat like trying to figure out like how many different harmonies were there in there and i couldn't figure it out i was like you know we're just gonna go there's a lot there are oh my gosh It's really lush. It's, mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> I, w- I want to find out how long it took her to make this song. Like it, it might uh, like how many like days to like figure out this is the perfect amount of vo- um, wordless vocal parts or this is the perfect drum part. Um 
I don't, does this song even have guitar parts? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not even sure of the personnel on this song, uh, which I found was the case when doing research for another B-side, not this time, the one we were kind of alluding to earlier. I couldn't find any personnel for this. Like, who was the drummer? I know that's probably her on the piano, and I know that there's some sort of pad, something in there that you you hear as the song is fading out. But I don't know what all else is. Oh, and it sounds like there's, when they did it at a dome, when that high part comes in, it sounds like there's something strumming there, and I can't figure out what that yeah. is. kind of metallic like mm-hmm. drumming noise um but yeah that kind of sparkly I just kind of assumed that it's one of the stringed instruments that they used on Hounds of Love um what, what is that Russian instrument oh balalaika yeah I, I was thinking that it was they were using uh, um one of the stringed instruments. You mean on the track Hounds of Love? That's a cello. No, 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 no. Throughout the album. Oh, oh, throughout the okay. Um, like running up that hill. And um yeah, I was just thinking because I, I I know that there's use of obscure stringed instruments throughout um like this part of her career with this mm-hmm. album and Sunful World. I, I was not able to find who the instrumentalists on this song at all. Same with um, Not This Time. Yeah, I was wondering who's doing the drumming. Really good drumming. And it, it reminds me uh, about the impact. Like, she made such a bold and, and important um, choice by um, taking out any use of um, symbols or splashy um, mm-hmm. motifs from from this album, and it it made. It, I think that was one of the choices that made the album what it um, is today. The the jump part in it, it's just so strong and it's militant, but it's fun. I I don't think um, she's made any quote unquote summer jams, but this is. <laughs> Even though I can listen to this at any time of the year, I think this is one of one of the closest songs to um, the concept of summer jam songs. If you're if you define a summer jam as something that's just a fun thing to listen to in the summer, I could see that with this song, her own version of it. That, yeah, that's that's how I define summer jam. Maybe songs that you don't want to listen to any other time of the year but it's summer and it's fun and it just it makes summer feel like summer i mean i could listen to this any time of the year like any other k-push song but i've um it just helps summer feel like summer i like walking around town throughout summer listening to hounds of love even though that could be a winter album spring album constellation of the heart is just um my all-time jam, but um, that's that's for another episode, probably. Yes. Oh, we'll get. Um, we're getting there. Coming down the track. <laughs> 
coming into this, I was thinking it was it wouldn't be like talking about running up that hill. Mm-hmm. Oh, for because sure. That is a monster of a song, and this is just compacted B-side. Then again, I went into this not really sure of how I would talk about it because it's not easy to dissect because there's not really anything under it. It's mm-hmm. like trying to dig into um, d- dried soil. But I love this song nonetheless. And same here. Um, I have loved it from the first time I heard it. I just, oh, it's my jam. I just turn it up, like, hum along. Uh, that's that's what this is. It's just like a, a fun hum along song. And Kate, you did a great job with that. Kudos to you. Yeah. Grazie. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> do you think it could be a good, co- um, like, there could be a good cover song version of this? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I haven't even bothered. So? I haven't even bothered looking. <laughs> oh, there's no covers of this. I looked this morning. Yeah, I have looked. I gave up doing the cover version part because there's just some of our songs like this one. Not a lot of people know about, so nobody's going to cover it. I'm not sure how this would work as a cover. Because it's so much about the interplay between the main vocal and background vocals, and that's hard to do unless you have somebody else sing either somebody else singing with you if you're doing it live, or if you do like she did and you overdub overdub yourself. It's kind of a song where you have to take that risk of overdubbing. It just seems like vocal parts like this would be kind of a risk to take. But I like thinking about who could cover a certain Kate Bush song, even um, most importantly, the more obscure ones, just kind of as a creative thought. And I was thinking, I was thinking back about Running Up That Hill, and I thought, because there's so many bad covers of that song, I'm sorry, but... No, it's, you know, I was, after we talked about that song, and I was thinking to myself, like, why is Kate Bush so hard to cover and i don't think it's necessarily the vocal range because by this point in her career she's not singing as high as she was at the beginning of her career it's not necessarily the vocal range it's because so much of her songs are an extension of her and it's all about how she performs them And then if you take it out of that context, unless you can put your own unique stamp on it, which reminds me, uh, my husband sent me a link to a synth pop version of Running Up That Hill that actually sounds really, really cool. I'll have to send you a cop. I'll send you a link to it. Please do. Um, Because, but unless you put your own thing on it or you try to absolutely copy her word for word and note for note, it doesn't sound as good. You know what I mean? Yes, because I, I, was just, I was just thinking, I think it's how you compose your cover. Because as, you're, as you were saying, much, her songs just come out of her. And it would be hard to do, make a good cover word by word. Because you need to take your, make your own um, version of it. And you need to put your own... Um, put, as much care as she would put into a song into like making all the moving parts click 
I was thinking about running up the hill. I realized that Karen O does really good cover songs. Um, I've been listening to her cover of Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really good. It's really good, and she, um, that and she has a cover of Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Both are for movie, a movie or a TV show. Um, Immigrant Song was for the girl with a dragon tattoo. Talk about a hard song to cover. But then she she puts her own spin and makes it somehow fun. And I was thinking that could be a good approach to running up that hill. But other than that, I haven't come across any like stellar covers of her music other than two covers of Suspended Gatha, that being Ra Ra Riot, and then I I don't know the name, but someone on on YouTube did a really good like cover. It was kind of dancey. I'll have to try to find that, but um, good. Hmm. I mean, I think good covers are possible, and I'm thinking that this would be a good song to cover because I mean, it's a it's it's a very approachable song. It's very. I was I was thinking you could make something of your own out of this song because it, it's it's a it's a b-side it's it's easy to kind of keep the integrity of the song without ruining um of people's notions of the original song all right well i hope you uh, have a good rest of the day and uh thanks for talking about burning bridge with me yay thanks i hope you have a great day you too. so much for listening to this week's episode of strange phenomena the music of kate bush well we've gotten two b-side episodes down so far we did under the ivy last week and then we got to do burning bridge this week and i don't know about you but i feel like my head is kind of spinning from all the frenzy vocals oh my goodness but that's okay we crossed the bridge the burning bridge the flames behind us and another episode too behind us and now we're looking forward here. We're charging forward through the B-sides for the Hounds of Love season, going into the absolutely stunning, because sometimes really all Kate really needs is her voice to sing a song like My Leg in Love. That's going to be coming next week. And I'm going to get to talk with a Canadian Kate fan who has not been on the show before. She contacted me through Twitter and I had such a blast 
chatting with her. She is such a hoot and a half. You guys are going to love that episode. Oh my goodness. But first things first, if you are enjoying the show and you want to support me on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Kate Bush podcast and you can see all sorts of cool rewards, including a different show. I know I haven't uploaded anything for a while on that one. I'm slowly getting stuff up there. I will be putting up stuff very soon. You can also find me on Twitter at StrangeKateCast, on Facebook, facebook.com slash KateBushPodcast, and also on the web, kbcast.linkmedia.com, and email kbcast at linkmedia.com. Whew, oh my goodness, so many different places you can find me. And also, feel free to rate and review on iTunes, that would be absolutely awesome. Hopefully good reviews, <laughs> that would be nice. Anyway, so, enough of that kind of thing. Well, my goodness, I am ready to just take a breather next week for the absolutely beautiful my leg and love hope you guys are ready it is going to be a treat listening to this discussion we'll see everybody then it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.